Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. It's an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It's Tuesday. Classes start tomorrow. Uh, it's the last time. It's the last time. It ain't no baby the last time. I don't know. It is the last time for uh, for me getting ready for the uh, classes the way I have. Welcome in, everybody. What, tur- what started out as an, a scary, an awful early morning... It's turned into it turned into a nice afternoon. Chilly, but it's nice to see the sun and nice to know that you know every everything didn't wash away overnight. I, I have never I have never seen what I saw this morning. Uh I saw mine and multiple other trash what are they called? The they're, they're, Reception, they're, the garbage receptacles that you leave to be picked up by the city turned over. Quite a few of them with their contents floated down streets. Sure. I'd never seen anything like that. Put mine out last night around 10. And, yeah, it was uh, when I opened the door, it's like, oh, that's not about good. The ones, i got to go out in this stuff and try to clean that up. The ones that weren't overturned, probably, if, if they were open, probably had about – well. What's if they were open, they were going to be overturned. Sure, no, well, if you I, left yours out open, maybe maybe you were hoping it would be weighted down by rain. We, uh, my rain gauge was overflowing, and it goes to uh, a little over three inches. I was going to say, I, I think there were multiple inches of rain. Oh, yeah. Maybe keeping some of those from overturning if they didn't. But, no, a, 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 a loud and... At times, yeah, concerning a thunderstorm in the in the area. So hopefully everybody is all right. I know there was some tree damage and things. And oh yeah, I mean there was some there was some strong winds, heavy heavy rains. So uh, a a gutter tester, if you will. Oh right? yeah, I mean, mine it's... mine are full uh, and overflowing. The back porch, Dusty's domain. Uh, it's a it's it's just a mess. Sometimes a mess. Uh, sometimes there's snakes in there too, Bill. Uh, that's what I've heard. Not I have never found any in mine, but uh, if they that's were, they, old, if they right? weren't, if they were, they drowned. That's for that's for, I'm that, telling you, if they were, they drowned. That's a treat for longtime night. listeners. Yeah, re- reference to uh, to to that one. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. We 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 missed Chuck. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. So so it's turned out nice. It's cooler. It's going to be cold tonight, man. I was looking. I was looking ahead. Um, next week when I'm gone, I am going to miss some seriously cold weather. Because all right, we've got younger son and 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 his wife's family. They're having a family thing. They're going to Jackson Hole next week. Uh, actually, going to leave. They're leaving. I think Thursday. 
to go to Jackson Hole. And they've got all their snow gear and everything. I started looking at the weather for Auburn the middle of next week. Do you see what the do you see the temperatures? I have not I'm gonna be out of town too. Tuesday, I Tuesday night. I was thinking, well, you know, older son, the plan was, you know, he'd come by the house, feed feed the duster. Now, hold and, on, let me, and let me Dusty ask. could stay outside. I have a Wednesday morning flight out of Montgomery. Good luck. Am I in trouble? The uh, low Tuesday night, 16. 16. Ooh, okay. I think the high is 35. Yeah. I think it might be Wednesday afternoon. Well, you might be okay because it's probably going to be 40 by then. Okay, I think, okay. But it is going to be, it is going to be bitterly cold next week. So just a, a little, uh, uh, a little tease now of we, that this evening. It's going to be down flight. around freezing That's, tonight. What's fascinating. Uh, so we had a uh, last year when Troy was going to fly to play Texas State, there was concern about ice in Dallas keeping us from, and we ended up driving and staying the night in uh, in, in Louisiana before finishing the trip in, in San Marcos the next day. If if there's I I don't know if if there's ice in uh, if, if there's ice in Montgomery that that could uh, delay or affect uh, travel on Wednesday, then that might uh, that might throw a wrench into when we decide to leave yeah. and, and and how we get there. So yeah, so just just be aware of that. All right, that has nothing to do with today. I was just looking ahead, and yes, we will be somewhere in the Caribbean. So hopefully, it won't it won't be quite that. Uh, uh, big of a concern, but welcome in everybody. What, like I said, what started out as a a scary, ugly looking morning has ter- turned into a breezy, and that's a good thing too. With all the rain we had and cold temperatures coming tonight, good thing that the breeze is. Uh, you know, d- uh, there could be a slick spot or two somewhere on the roads this evening. Be careful if you're out and about. If you're going to basketball tonight, eight o'clock tip over at Neville Arena, Auburn looking to exercise some demons against Texas A&M, which has beaten Bruce Pearl uh, three straight times. I think Buzz Williams six and one against him uh, and Bruce three and 10 against Texas A&M and Auburn about a seven, eight point favorite this evening. We'll talk more about that as we move on through the show here this afternoon. But again, if you're, if you're out and about, be, be careful, be aware that uh, there could be some slick spots Hopefully the uh, the breeze continues, the wind continues, and everything dries out a little bit. But it's the Tuesday edition of the drive. I'm Bill. That's Dan. We've got Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. You can call us on the drive hotline, sponsored by Skybar. That number is three three four three two one. 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And, uh, yeah, so basketball we can talk about. We can talk about your thoughts on the championship game last night, which, uh, I mean, Michigan just dominated. They, they did. Washington had opportunities. Oh, my goodness, they had some opportunities. And even, you know, as they, as they cut the lead to seven, before the half, you're thinking they, they they've got a shot, and they had a couple of chances, but they uh, they were just more physical than than Washington. They ran the ball and ran it with amazing uh, success last night. They had more yards rushing in the first half last night than Washington had allowed in a single game all year, and they got after Michael Penix. I mean. They chased him and they hit him and they beat him and they chased him and and you could see in the second half, I mean he was ducking and chucking. 
Uh, he, he felt the pressure even when there wasn't pressure. And, you know, I, I started thinking about some folks that, that really get down on quarterbacks because they're running and they're throwing. And, you know, Michael Penix is a very good quarterback. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Heisman Trophy runner-up, right? Uh, and we saw how phenomenal he can be when he has time in the semifinal game. Last night, didn't look like the same quarterback, but that's what pressure can do. It's also what a lack of a run game, for whatever reason. Yeah. You can credit a lot of that to Michigan's defense because I think they they resolved that they were going to they were gonna make Washington a one-dimensional team by – uh, by, by certainly overplaying the run on on rundown, but just in general, I think doing a phenomenal job of stopping any attempt. Mich- uh, Washington was at their best a really balanced yes. offense this year. They, there were games where uh, the former Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson, who clearly wasn't a hundred percent, trying to gut through a uh, a terrible looking injury that he suffered uh, earlier. I think he got hurt in the uh, in in the Texas game. Uh, I, I believe maybe it was maybe it was late in the Oregon game. I forget when uh, when Johnson suffered the injury, but he was he was very effective, uh, over a thousand yards on the ground when healthy. He's not the reason that Michigan beat Washington last night, but one of the problems for the Washington offense, as great as as Penix is, uh, was that uh, there was there was no threat uh, from the run game, and Michigan knew it. And uh, Washington finishes the game with with under fifty yards rushing uh, in a uh, in a situation where yeah Michigan was able to turn them into I mean we've seen really good quarterbacks uh, who when, when there's when the when the defense knows that the that there's not going to be uh, a real run threat uh, it can limit on top of the, the lack of time that, that Penix had on on passing downs but uh, no it was a uh, it was a, a thorough performance by uh, by Michigan their first outright, national championship they shared the one in the 90s uh with nebraska i believe it was and uh and this is the first time uh the michigan wolverines are outright football national champions in it's either 74 or 75 years since the last time they won it without without sharing it with somebody else i think that's the longest gap between two championships ever uh, in in the uh, in, in modern history, you know, seventy four, seventy five years uh, between, uh, you know, since a uh, since since a school won two outright national championships. So if you don't if you don't count the one in the nineties, they shared. Uh, then, then no, it's I'm been... just so so you're saying that's I'm just trying to think of other teams that had gone seventy plus years. Yeah, in between, between titles. Yeah, if you don't count like someone's first. I mean, saying, and 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 so when you're saying outright, when the, their last one in the fifties. They won AP, UPI, they won everything? I believe they were considered cons- okay. yeah, consensus because, national champions. Because there were so many, so many years when there'd be an AP champion and a UPI champion. Whatever, whatever co- constituted an undisputed national championship in the, in the 1950s. I can look up when Michigan, uh, you know, what that, uh, what, that, what that championship looked yeah, like. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's interesting because I, I you know, uh, I recall quite a few, quite a few times uh, in just reading the histories of this, um, that that there would be different AP or UPIs uh, champions, but they didn't really argue much about it. It didn't seem like it was a big deal back then. You just you were happy if you got one of them, and uh, of course, of course, we know Alabama okay, so, claimed a bunch of those. So forty eight was the last 48, one. Forty eight. Okay. Forty eight was the one, 
And in that season, Michigan went, uh, they went 9-0. and uh, They were the final uh, number, they were number one in the final AP poll. And I don't know if there was a coach's poll in the 40s. That might have just been, I think maybe whoever was number one in the AP poll at, at the end of the season was your, was your national champion back then. But this is the. Yeah, okay. See, that's what I mean. It, it's, it was one of the, one of the big polls. Right. The AP yeah, so they but so they U- went, UPI before it became coaches that that they, was that was just as big. And in '97, I believe it was they split. Uh, one of the polls went with Nebraska, and mm-hmm. one of the polls went with Michigan. Michigan. And that was one of the reasons. Uh, that was one of the things that led to the creation of the BCS. Right, was the hope that you would have uh, a system a where consensus champion. Uh, you, you would have a system where that where the top two teams at the end would play each other, and there would not be a situation where. Oh, you know, the, the polls would provide two separate. Although a couple of years later, you had separate national champions uh, despite the, the AP poll with USC uh, in the early 2000s. But yeah, congratulations to Michigan. Uh, I'm still, I stand by the prediction that it's Harbaugh's final game as the head coach of the Wolverines. We've seen, we saw another, I think the most surprising uh, Drew as someone who probably follows the NFL as closely as anybody in the room. Uh, I think the most surprising Head coaching change thus far in the cycle is Mike Mike Vrabel uh, being let go by the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I so it's another another team joining the fray of uh, of, of NFL teams looking for coaches. That's a, and, and that one is I have no idea where the Titans are going. We've we've mentioned a couple of college head coaches uh, who. Uh, stop me if you think there's anyone who like doesn't fit on this list, Bill. Of college head coaches who would fit. In today's NFL, taking a new job, there are people who say Jim Harbaugh is uh, the top choice for several NFL teams. Uh, I mentioned Lane Kiffin, who has been an NFL coach before, although it was generations ago uh, in, in the NFL. But uh, I still think the, the way the NFL is going, that there's there's uh, someone who listens to the show very closely disputes the Lane Kiffin thing and says you can't run the quarterback as much as Lane likes to in the NFL. Lane hasn't always run his quarterback. I think if you gave an, I think if you gave Lane Kiffin a high level NFL yeah, quarterback, I mean, he'd be able to. Uh, again, just because that's what's that's what he's done the last couple of years. How about here's my counter. doesn't mean that's what they're always going to do. Yeah. That that gets back into the uh, Hugh Freeze has got to have a running quarterback. It helps. How about this? If you're the Falcons and you're sort of directionless at quarterback, and you go get Jaden Daniels, maybe Lane Kiffin can run the quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you've got one that can run. I mean, do it. I mean, Bo Nix is somebody that people would throw out there as, as someone else who would fit uh, what Lane. Anyways, uh, how about this as an idea? How, what about Heupel as as somebody who, I mean, maybe he has more to do at the college level, but wouldn't he also fit some of these same descriptions as far as? I think there are a lot of college coaches that would. I mean, um, now some that you feel that their forte is is recruiting, gathering talent, maybe not. But, I mean, guys that. Uh, more, more are uh, really known for their offense or defense. You know, we talked a little about Kirby yesterday, and it's like, well, Kirby's done it with getting great talent, but he's also a pretty good defensive mind. I've never thought about Norvell as an NFL guy, although I think he also would yeah, fit a lot know. of the same. You know, if you're especially if you're thinking if you're leaning more towards the offensive-minded guys as as you know, offensive-minded leaders of big college football programs. Although that's blown up in NFL teams' faces before, too, mm-hmm. when they've tried that with Spurrier and Petrino and Urban Meyer and things like that. But uh, uh, Kingsbury, which was uh, the most puzzling one of all, right? Because 
he'd been let go by a yeah. he'd been let go by a college team first, but uh, no, I, th- I think there's a uh, we're, we're liable to see some really interesting things happen in the NFL cycle, and maybe that includes multiple college coaches uh, being uh, be- being poached by. Uh, by different NFL teams, because uh, yeah, it's it certainly seems like we've we've talked about the lack of patience uh, in college football now because between the portal and uh, impact uh, freshmen, uh, we've seen teams turn their fortunes around uh, quickly in, in, at different levels. Feels like there's some impatience too at the NFL level. I mean, there was only it's only a couple weeks ago that the Titans ownership talked about Mike Vrabel being part of that organization for years to come and six weeks later he gets it seemed like years six weeks later he gets fired so and i mean and i think he'll be drew how's this for a prediction i think vrabel's an nfl head coach next year i think someone yeah, i think I someone too. i think someone hires mike vrabel this cycle to be to be their head coach but uh the titans are going in a uh, in a in a different direction uh we will get we will we're, we're heading in the same direction. That's towards 6 o'clock this evening. And then we've got basketball coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, going to be joining us. Uh, he will be calling in, checking in with us this afternoon, probably from Neville Arena. Andy was at the, uh, the Bud Walton court storming a couple of years ago. I imagine it was very different on Saturday. Uh, well, yeah, th- those 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 fans were storming out of Bud Walton yes, was, the other day. Were, you're absolutely right. Well, they were storming in the in the opposite direction yep. than than a couple of years earlier and yep. uh, and and yeah, w- w- I imagine a memorable trip for Andy Burcham and we'll talk to him about that and everything else going on with the Auburn men's basketball program. That's right. So stick with us. We're just getting underway here on the Tuesday Drive. Chandler here from University Ace Hardware. I moved to Auburn. Live at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio. And Drew at the controls. And let's get to the drive hotline and welcome in the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Getting ready for a late-night game against the uh, the Texas A&M Aggies. Auburn just threw with its uh, shoot-around practice. A couple of guys out shooting right now, but uh, kind of the calm before the storm here tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, fortunately, the storm is over. Uh, the, out, the storm outdoors yeah, is over. Point. Man, it would have been bad to have – Tried to uh, get to and from a game last night, uh, from you know eight eight to ten o'clock. That would not have been good. Has has bad weather ever forced you to sort of shelter in place before or after a broadcast? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, I mean, I remember the West Virginia football game, and you know we we had to put it in alternate programming that night because of all that rain that came through. There were there's been a couple baseball games when Rod was still with us, that we had to stop the broadcast and everyone went to the Coliseum to hunker down because that's a, that's a storm shelter. Um, and uh, there was a, a basketball game in here, and I don't remember if it's the last five years it was a men's game or a women's game, but was getting ready to do it. I think it was a women's game, and the, uh, the sirens went off. There, there was a that game. was that was before the game. It wasn't during the game itself. 
My, my first year doing women's basketball with Troy, there was a game at Trojan Arena where they moved the time up a couple of hours because they knew there would be bad weather in the area and they thought it would maybe delay their opponent being able to leave. And I so 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 I leave and apparently within within minutes of me leaving after the broadcast, they lost power at Trojan Arena. So it would have been would have been tougher to keep that one on the air and online, I suppose, with, uh, with, with without electricity in the building. But on top of the on top of the bad stuff out there, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, at, at times it can it can it can even the indoor sports are are, subject, are, are subject to bad weather. Andy, what a uh, what what a great performance we were talking a few minutes ago about. You were there when Arkansas fans stormed the court um, when when Auburn was number one in Fayetteville the other day. Uh, I said they were storming in the opposite direction. That place was that place was uh, silent as far as Arkansas fans down the stretch of that ball game. What what a show by the Tigers on Saturday! Really, after the first ten minutes of the game, and Auburn opened up in a zone, and I thought Arkansas took advantage of that and hit a couple shots deep, and Bruce Pearl called a timeout because they had started two yeah. six ten guys. Uh, in the lineup, and he called a timeout. Auburn went back to the man, and that game turned immediately. And by by halftime, Auburn led by seven, and then the second half was just it was just complete domination by Auburn at both ends of the floor. And it didn't matter which five was on the floor for Auburn as well. Listen, I I was not surprised Auburn won the game. I wouldn't have been surprised going in had Arkansas won the game, just because it's been so tough for Auburn to win there, but nobody, nobody in their right mind had Auburn winning that game by 32 points in Fayetteville. Yeah, no kidding, especially, I mean, even even when you're at the half and you're up seven and Janai hasn't scored, you're thinking, well, this is a good position. If Janai gets things going, uh, Auburn should be in good shape to hang on. Hang on, my goodness. I mean, yeah. it, was, uh, it, it was just a destruction of, of, the, of the Hogs. Well, the, the first half of that game reminded me a little bit of the first half of the Baylor game. And Robert, I think, led by eight, yep. eight or nine at halftime of that game. But remember, the first four minutes of the second half of that Baylor game was, I mean, Baylor, well, one player, I think, scored seven straight points, and he raced the lead by himself. And I turned to Randall Dickey before we came back from the halftime break, and I said the first five minutes of the second half are absolutely critical. I mean, if Arkansas is going to get any kind of run, it's got to come early, and it never did. I mean, Auburn Auburn took it took took control of the second half from the get go, and and never relinquished it. Other than the the fact that at one point Arkansas had cut the lead, I think, to nine on three state three straight threes, and Auburn came down and got a three of its own, and then the route was on for the Tigers at that point. And to take nothing away with, with how Auburn's perimeter players uh, played because they, they did really well on, on both ends of the floor, but I thought this game was, was when it when it started to trend towards Auburn, it was because Arkansas could do nothing inside on offense or defense. I mean, there are so many stats. We talked about some of them yesterday, Andy, but between uh, Coach Pearl singled out four second-chance points for Arkansas in an entire game, which is nuts considering the the talent on that roster. Auburn, which has never under Bruce Pearl been uh, a a a top seventy five defensive rebounding team, 
that's that's where they are right now nationally. They're I think they're fifty five going into tonight's game. They were in the they were outside the top three hundred last year. They dominated the 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 rebounding numbers against Arkansas. I think points in the paint are also overwhelming in Auburn's favor. It it just it did not you know, I, I thought I thought it was a it was as well as Auburn has played on the road in a couple of years, largely because of the way they were able to dominate the inside of the uh, the, the the inside of the court. Well, and, and let me give you one more stat that has been in Auburn's favor. It may be in every game this season. That's points off the bench. Uh, I think Auburn got 42 points off the bench Saturday in that win. That's 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 over half of your points coming from the bench in a game on the road. And all of those stats that you talked about, Dan, uh, second chance points and rebounding, all of those are absolutely vital stats going into tonight's game because Auburn faces the best offensive rebounding team, not just in the SEC, but in the country in Texas A&M. They average over 18 offensive rebounds per game, and that's kind of a mark of a Buzz Williams team. And nobody has had more success of late against Auburn than Texas A&M. They've won four of the last five, seven of the last eight, and they've won three in a row. They mm-hmm. beat Auburn's SEC championship team in the first round of the SEC tournament down in Tampa two years ago, and it was no fluke, guys, that day. And that was a great Auburn basketball team. They won three in a row against Auburn. They, they swept Auburn, won here. They won in in College Station last year, and they went. The, but with all that, they go to LSU in the opener of the SEC. Excuse me, LSU comes right. to uh, Aggieland and beats Texas A&M on on Saturday. I guarantee you, this will be a highly motivated Texas A&M team coming in here tonight. Oh yeah, you're. You, you, I'm sure you're right about that. But Auburn should be pretty motivated just because, as you were saying, it has been very difficult. I believe. Bruce is something like three and ten against A yeah. and M, and um, Buzz has you know has has really owned Auburn since he's he's moved there as well. It's may, maybe the second most surprising outcome from Saturday after Auburn going to Arkansas and doing that was LSU as a double digit underdog controlling that A and M game, and I don't have the number in front of me, but A and M has been in conference. They've been excellent after a loss with Buzz Williams, and I don't. I've never met Buzz Williams. I, you know, I've seen him on TV. I've listened to him. I can imagine that after a loss, especially a home loss, he's good at getting his team's attention. And you know, the next couple of days of film and practice are uh, d- d- demanding. Uh, is is one you know I just just imagining uh, based on based on the fact they've been pretty good uh, in in the game after uh, losing in conference under under Coach Williams. Well, they've just I mean, he's a good coach. He's done a really good job at A and M. They they set a, a school record with fifty at fifteen SEC wins last year. They should have been in the NCAA tournament two years ago. They made a run to the championship game of the SEC tournament. Were denied entry in the NCAA tournament and then lost a heartbreaker in the championship game of the NIT in, in New York City that season. And they have the preseason SEC player of the, of the year in Wade Taylor the fourth, a six-foot junior. Uh, their point guard is out of Dallas. Um, he is against two top 25 teams this year. 
and that includes Florida Atlantic, the, uh, the team that played for – it was a Final Four team a year ago. He is averaging 34.5 points against the two top 25 teams that Texas A&M has played this season, and they get their third at top 25 team here tonight. Yeah, it, for, for the folks – I mean, sure, we all hope that it's uh, very similar to the – to the game on Saturday, but yeah, I've, I've talked to quite a few folks that are just um, expecting expecting a blowout. Hope they get it, but uh, just just look at this series and this team is is a very talented Texas A and M team. This is a team with more expectations, Andy, than than the A and M teams of the last couple of years. Well, I mean, they won 15 games in the SEC a year ago, and they returned a lot of players. Yeah, but nobody expected uh, her to be very good last year. That's what I mean. It's right. like this this is a year when people expect it. Sometimes that's hard to live up to. But, uh, yes, no one uh, should should take this no. ball game for granted. No, absolutely. No, no. And I guarantee you nobody on the floor will be. Uh, maybe some fans will be. But this team, I mean, I just uh, – listening – to Bruce Pearl's tone with his team today, in the shoot around, in the in the film session, uh, we, the first thing they talk about is what A and M has done to Auburn of late, and if they again they Buzz Williams has had Auburn's number, uh, and Auburn has law Auburn has had better teams get beat mm-hmm. by Buzz Williams teams as well. So get ready, buckle up. This is going to be a tough one tonight. Talking with Andy Burcham, voice of the uh, Auburn Tigers. Andy, can you stick with us through a break? Yes. All right, good deal. We will uh, return with more. Uh, if you have a question or a comment for Andy, you can uh, you can text us. We will pass that along to him. The drive text box, 334-564-1840. We're back with more here on the Tuesday Drive. Tomorrow. It should be a, a rowdy, even though it's a even though it's a late night game. Maybe you know some of us olds uh, may not be as, as vocal, may not be able to be as vocal or or make it through the whole game or anything like that. But it should be should be a fun atmosphere tonight at the arena. I was talking with an, an Auburn student who's in his second semester at Auburn. He was in my office today. We were talking the future for him, and uh, he said he'd be in. He was he was in line. 40 minutes ago to get in for tonight. So <laughs> I, I think the jungle will be, will be well represented tonight. As oh the, yeah. The Tigers host A&M. And Andy, in the uh, previous segment, you mentioned uh, that Auburn's bench uh, is, is one of the most productive aspects of this team right now. One of the stats that, that you suspect Auburn will have the advantage in more often than not this year. And, and I think that's a testament to what Bruce Pearl has built because it's, I mean, it's easier than ever before for players to leave. And the number one reason is seemingly playing time. And to have guys like Katie Johnson and Dylan Cardwell, who have been here multiple years, and a guy like Chad Baker Mazzara, who had, he probably had offers to play D1 basketball where he would be uh, starting, depending on where he, depending on where else he wanted to go, uh, coming out of Northwest Florida State in Niceville. But uh, yeah, I, I think having a, you know what? What does it say about uh, the character of, of some of these guys that they're they're, they're able to buy in while being uh, in a reserve role multiple years into their college basketball careers? And, and let's add two more guys to that list. Another of Auburn's transfers, Chaney Johnson, 
who was the conference player of the year in Division II basketball a year ago. So, I mean, he was the best player in his league, and he's coming off the bench. And then here's a guy like Trey Donaldson, who could have been starting somewhere playing free safety in major college football, but wanted to play basketball. And he came in and and knew that he was likely going to play behind someone last year, and it ended up being Wendell Green. And he knew that Aiden Holloway was on the way coming in here, and he's back for his second year and playing his best basketball. I mean, those two point guards for Auburn on Saturday had 12 rebounds between the two of them. Both set career highs in rebounds. Aiden Holloway with five and Trey Donaldson with seven in the game. Trey is on our pregame show tonight. I said, you know what you're shooting from the field? He said, I don't know. So you're shooting 52%. My thought was your point guard shooting 52% from the field. He said, really? That needs to be better. That was not the response I thought I'd get from him. No, that's great. He is he is really playing so well. Yeah. Uh, neither of the guys turn it over. The, uh, the, the assists per basket for this team have just been phenomenal. I mean, there's so many things, and it's great to see it spread among, you know, 11 guys. I agree. And, and, and part of that, Bill, and you, you never know going into a year what it's going to be like as far as your, your team culture is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't know how guys are going to gel. How well will they play together? How well will those guys in the second wave coming off the bench how well will they play? Will they accept their role and play the best that they can play? Or, or will they sulk a little bit because they're not starting? Well, this, this team doesn't seem to matter. They play, they're getting almost equal minutes. They may not start, but they're, they're getting tons of minutes, and they're getting important minutes for Auburn. And at times we see different waves of team, this Auburn team come in, and times we, we see – Bruce mix and match a little bit guys from, from the starting lineup to the, that second wave of guys that are coming in. And it, it doesn't seem to matter that level of play doesn't change at times. The pace, the intensity is even stronger when that second bunch is on the floor than when the first and that first played pretty darn hard. Andy, I'm glad you mentioned uh, uh, Cheney having played in the, uh, in, in big games as a, as a D2 player and and you know being as productive as he was because I was talking with, uh, with with Ferguson on the Observer podcast and w- one of the things we were interested in is some of the newer players Saturday at Bud Walton Arena was going to be their first taste of right. major conference uh, SEC basketball road game and, 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 and a road yeah. game too but but then we you know thinking about it uh, I mean Chad Baker Mazzara has been to the NCAA tournament in fact he's been uh, fairly deep in the NCAA tournament in the San Diego State days and played for a national championship at Northwest Florida State. Cheney Johnson, veteran who played uh, against major conference teams. Uh, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not stunning that this team was maybe, even some of the newer guys were ready for the spotlight and, well, and played like they weren't overwhelmed uh, by, we, by, any, by any means on Saturday. We know how tough it is for Auburn to go into Bud Walton Arena. That was just the sixth win for Auburn in Fayetteville. But you look at this roster right now. Aiden Holloway, Denver Jones, Janai Broom, Trey Donaldson, Chad Baker-Mazzara, and Chaney Johnson, even some second-year guys had never played at Bud Walton Arena because mm-hmm. Arkansas came here right. last year. Those guys, I mean, there were new guys on this team that had never played in an SEC game, and there were still some second-year guys 
on this team that had never been to Bud Walton. It did not seem to matter. And that place was packed at the start of the day, <laughs> not so much at the end. No, you're absolutely right. And Andy, it's a uh, busy, busy time. I mean, we've got, uh, let's see, the football coaching um, convention is going on right now in Nashville. Auburn, uh, Auburn has a couple of openings on the on the coaching staff, so that's something everybody will be, you know, wondering about. Uh, what's what's the uh, what's the schedule? What's the plan for uh, for Tiger Talk this week? We'll be at Baumhauer's for the the next couple weeks. Uh, to this week on the show, Bruce Pearl will be joining us. We think we think. We think Cheney Johnson will be on Bless the show you. with us. Yeah, thank you. We think Cheney Johnson will be on the show, and we'll talk some men's tennis with Bobby Reynolds on the show. They open up at home this weekend at the Yarbrough Tennis Center. We'll try and have an Olympic sport coach with us each week. That's good. On the show, in addition to BP at times, Stephen Pearl. Um, so we will, we look forward to being uh, with Todd and the folks out of Baumhauer's Victory Grill at six o'clock on Thursday, and then uh, Saturday, of course. Um, a, a early evening game here against an LSU team that, you know, pulled off one of the surprise yeah. wins in the SEC with that win against A&M last Saturday down in, uh, down in College Station. Yeah, that's uh, uh, you're absolutely right about that. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Todd, great guy, great place. That should be that should be great. Dan, I was, used to I used to answer the phone and and put Todd on hold for for you guys when he was back, when he was when he was the notorious TUD. Back, back in the that's day, right. <laughs> what what is Bill? What's the story about him? Because that 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 came about on the show, as I recall, his nickname, didn't it? Yeah, I, I you know, and it may have been it 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 may have been. T Bone or one of one of his buddies that decided to uh, that decided to name him that, but uh, that was that was a great moniker. I thought the notorious yeah. TUD. Well, I've I've been around here long enough that I I I umpired Tud when he was playing Dixie League baseball. <laughs> well, and he wasn't, and I'm not talking about the an older Tud. It was a it was a younger Tud at that time. He wasn't quite notorious yet. And, and what a, uh, what, what a way to segue into an email that, that, uh, that we just got from, from Auburn baseball in the last day or so. Yeah. If you're, yeah it, you, you know, you need to hurry if you, uh, yeah. uh, if you'd like to try to pick up some single game tickets because season tickets are long, long gone. Four straight seasons of a, a season ticket sellout for Auburn baseball. There are single game mini pack and flex plan tickets available at the moment but to, those... the, to, to get to see the the uh, still on the way to completely but uh, remodeled I mean some of the some of the new seating there it, it is really cool um, what what has been and is continuing to be done over at uh, Plainsman Park well long overdue we all know that oh yeah um, and uh, with the the new seats if right behind home plate mm-hmm. and the the club level that's underneath the stadium now, the, the uh, Hall of Fame club honoring Frank Thomas that's underneath the stadium. Um, there will be a club level where the press box is now, not this season, but next season, along with the premium seating down the right field wall. The We like to call it the back 40, where, hmm. where, the, where the students are out there beyond right, right. field. Uh, that's going to become an elevated a gradually elevated Tiered, area. sort of, right? Right. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. And then let's not forget the drink rail and the standing room only tickets that eventually will be sold on top of the monster. I mm-hmm. think we need to do a ball game from the monster. Oh, I point. think that absolutely needs to the, be done. The, 
The big question is, will Brad Law wear his shirt? <laughs> or I was going to say, at the very least, you need to have a third mic over there, right? You need to have someone you know being able to chime in from the you know. Right. The, the no, you remember Harry? Harry oh, I Harry remember. Used to do broadcast out at the oh, yeah. at Wrigley, and he'd take his shirt off. Uh, I, I don't think the world's ready to see me, but but Brad's in pretty good shape, so. Maybe we'll talk him into taking his shirt off. Uh, and we, the, we do a broadcast. Uh, some, some of the, yeah, some of the fun of the spring. And this is the first, wait. this is the first season of Auburn baseball on AU one hundred. So save it, right. save it in your uh, in your digital radio, uh, save it in one of your presets right now. A one hundred point three. If you don't have it there already, uh, that, that's where you're going to be able to listen to Auburn baseball in the Auburn Opelika area uh, this upcoming year. And then of very course, much, go ahead. Andy. Yeah, very much, very much looking forward to that partnership. Oh, absolutely. On, on the baseball side all season long, absolutely. And then 7.30 tonight on Wings yep. 94.3. Yeah, I told Sonny to get a nap today. Well, it's uh, it, it's about it's about supper time for him. He can take a little uh, take a little nap after and then, then head on <laughs> That's over. Right. That's yeah, right. All right, Andy, really appreciate it. Always enjoy you uh, spending a little time with us. Have a great broadcast this evening. Guys, take care. Hope to see you here. All right. I will, I will be there. Uh It'll be a late night with classes getting started tomorrow morning, but what the heck? It is. It is going to be a late one tonight. 8, yeah. 8 p.m. is. Uh... I mean, I know ten o'clock's not really late, but when you got when when you've got craziness of classes tomorrow morning, it feels uh, it's going to make for make for a short night. Feels like the full allotment of uh, of of students are are back. Oh uh, yeah. Here, here uh, in, uh... Traffic would tell you here that in town. So yeah, so I would say be, uh, be be careful. You know what? And if you're going tonight, uh, maybe try to get there a little bit early because I think people will be, especially if you've gone in December to some of these games, uh, maybe a little bit different. Yeah, as if far you get as- there early and in our and are in our seats, we will be there before tip off. I I'm not crazy about people that show up late and then are trying to scoot people out, and get in their seats. But you know, if if you're there before before tip off. Um, well, if you're trying don't to get, expect to be staying in our seats. If you're trying to get in Bill Cameron's through Bill Cameron's row, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, so that's right. That's the thing. I mean, it's it's really a bother when you're up and down. There, are folks that get there eight minutes into the ball game and somebody's sitting in their seats. That's the price you pay for the Bill Cameron seats, though, right? I mean, because those oh, are pretty yeah. good. those are pretty good seats. Well, I mean, I mean, they they are right there next to the dean. They're right there. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Oh, did I? I didn't tell you my encounter. Uh, fun story. Uh, do we have time? You know what? We'll no, we need we'll to get. Back. We need to get to our final break. We, we'll we'll get that when we come back, as we continue here on the Tuesday Drive. Trust Dixie Overhead Door when you to be a part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at espnau.com. I would. Final couple of minutes of hour number one. Probably, Actually, about he, the final he, minute or so. He probably still listens. Okay, so so and that's not who I'm telling the story about. But no, I forgot to mention that when I was at the uh, Auburn Penn game, I was sitting in, uh, in in some seats with my family, and at halftime, I was chatting with our friend uh, Kirk Sampson, who who uh, works for the uh, for, for he's a sports information director uh, for, for Auburn, and and in chatting with him, uh, none other than uh, your. Uh, associate here on campus, someone that you'd work well, with. Uh, well, former I colleague. I don't, I don't know that I'd how say that. Former, former colleague. Uh, how about our president? How about our president, Chris? <laughs> Chris Rob, yeah, yeah, Chris yes. Roberts, uh, who, who was at the game, uh, came, came by and, and said hello, and uh, and I, 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 he walked away before I could say this. So I'll say it here: open invitation. 
to uh, to drop by the show. Oh, some, sure. Some, sometime. I think, I, think I may a, have mentioned that to him I think a time would, or two. I think it would be a lot of He's fun. He's fairly and, busy, I hear. Uh, he is, and, and may, maybe it would need to be a phone call, but I think that would be something. Oh, that, that would absolutely it, You know, in the, in the new year, I'll say it on the air so people hold it to it. That, that's something there like, he is. He's calling right oh, now. Oh, wow. Uh, Dr. Roberts. Uh, so, so it's... Uh, that's that's something that's something we're going to shoot for in, in, in the new year. Try, try to have try to have the doc on. The number to get you through is 334-321-1390. We've got the top of the hour break and back with hour number two here on the Tuesday Drive. Come on in and join us. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. And the second hour of the show, hour number two, brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Our thanks to the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, joining us for about a half an hour in hour number one. He's over at Neville Arena getting ready for the night's broadcast of Auburn, Texas A&M. And Auburn, a solid favorite in this ballgame, coming off a very impressive win over Arkansas in Fayetteville. And Texas A&M, on the other hand, shocked by LSU at home. They were heavy favorites, larger favorites than Auburn is over Texas A&M tonight. And LSU went in and and handled Texas A&M with relative ease. So on the surface, that appears that, wow, this should be a mismatch. But Texas A&M has played extremely well against Auburn since they've been in the SEC. And Bruce Pearl has struggled against A&M. 3-10, I believe, against A&M. 1-6 against Buzz Williams at A&M. So this, is a, this will be a challenge for Auburn. As Andy was saying, um, you know, we were talking about, you were talking about uh, Auburn's defensive rebounding, and Andy brought up the fact that, yes, Texas A&M leads the nation in offensive rebounds. So that is a big challenge, and that's something that when we talked to Sonny Smith, uh, just looking at things heading into the season, the concern had been, how's Auburn going to match up against physical Front courts, and that's what they're going to get tonight in Texas A&M. The nation's number one offensive rebounding team and the nation's number one rebounding team overall as far as the team that I didn't leads. Realize leads. That. No, 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 no. Different teams. Oh, okay. The SEC has oh, okay. the nation's number one team in offensive rebounds per game. They also have the, 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 the team that is number one in rebounds per game in D1 college basketball. That's the Florida Gators uh, who lead the nation at 45 hmm. rebounds per game overall uh, in uh, in hoops and very nearly beat Kentucky uh, at home. Florida was favored against number six Kentucky. That was home. a heck of a ball game. That it really, really was. was. And I think that's a Florida team that's going to be better mm-hmm. than, than people thought. This uh, league yep. is, is really, really tough. Logan Roy once described uh, his business as a knife fight in the mud. And that's that's the SEC this year in uh, in in every every week in conference play, 
there are teams that can get you if you're not on your game, including tonight. I mean, you have four games. You have four games in the league tonight where the home team is favored by at least seven points. Do you think it's a clean sweep for home? Oh, so here's what you got in the league tonight. Auburn, seven and a half point favorite at home against A&M. Kentucky, 11 and a half point favorite against Missouri. Bama, 11 and a half point favorite against South Carolina. And LSU, eight and a half against Vanderbilt. Feels like the home team should. Home team should win. I don't know that they'll all cover. I don't think they'll all cover. Yeah, and I don't. I, yeah. And, 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 if a, and if a home team finds themselves losing late, you know, I won't, I won't be all that surprised because nope. it's still early enough. I mean, keep in all mind. All right, so when, when are the, uh, who are the early games? Uh, Kentucky's on at six. That's ESPN. Uh, that is the, uh, the, the, I'm interested there's another ESPN game after, uh, after Kentucky that's not in the SEC, maybe, maybe an ACC game tonight. Uh, Bama is on the SEC Network. At six, okay. uh, that's against uh, South Carolina. Uh, LSU is the SEC Network game after uh, Bama uh, with Vanderbilt. Auburn's game is on ESPN two uh, tonight. Okay, against, yeah, against and you, they're usually two six and two eights. So, uh, so Kentucky and and uh, Alabama are the home teams at six. Uh, is that right? Duke and Pitt yeah. are the uh, that, that's the ESPN game after Kentucky uh, tonight. So, so that's the other game getting the. Uh, uh, getting the the spotlight and the other, I think there's probably another ESPN two game earlier uh, before uh, Houston and Iowa State play before Auburn. That's a big one. Houston undefeated, Iowa State uh, eleven and three. Houston a slight favorite at Iowa State. They're uh, they're, they're playing Big Twelve basketball now with, with Houston in the league, but that's going to be the game. So that could be if if Auburn if you're watching at home tonight, uh, that could be the game that delays the start. Yep. Of Auburn, Texas A and M, and they usually are. They yeah. usually are delayed. Games aren't two hours anymore. You know, they're a little over two hours. Houston, one of the are they the only undefeated team now? Because I know Ole Miss lost and Madison lost this weekend. Mm, Maybe Houston might be the uh, sole undefeated team left in uh, in in the uh, in, in the draw. We'd love for you to join in here in hour number two of the drive. Don't forget. Uh, Jake Crane of Crane and Company going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk with him about football because, of course, last night, Michigan winning the national championship, um, throttling Washington and that powerful offense. They really they really shut them down. Michigan wins that ball game. Was it 33-13 was the final? 34-13 was the final, yeah, last night. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit and get Jake's thoughts on the Auburn coaching staff because the Tigers, um, you know, right now uh, don't have an offensive or defensive coordinator. I believe Jake has been a vocal advocate for Hugh Freeze taking over play yes, calling. Yes, he believes, has. believes that it's the best thing for uh, Auburn. Uh, I don't disagree forward. with that. And so if the uh, – uh, and, and we, we haven't really talked about the Chris Lowe story – uh, very much today, but Chris Lowe reporting earlier today. I think I think 11 a.m. this morning is when Chris Lowe filed that. Uh, we we talked about it yesterday. It I seems know. like oh, it's like such shocking news that what we've been talking about and expecting here is now national news. Yeah, here's the sentence. Uh, to, to, here's the lead. Uh, Auburn's head coach Hugh Freeze will take over play calling duties on offense in 2024. Sources told ESPN. Unquote. We'd heard we'd heard from other play. Yeah, I know, but but it's, what, and, did he listen to the show yesterday? May, maybe, I mean, yeah, you know, it's like that's, yeah. uh, I mean, that's not not we a are, huge surprise, but I mean, it's sort of what yeah. we expect. Sort of what we expect. It now, it's not exactly a slow time, but that does seem to be big news. Now I'll tell you the the story. I, the story I did not see coming 
would be Quinshawn Judkins deciding to, to Ohio go, State, deciding to go into the transfer portal when Ole Miss seemingly has things rolling. Granted, it's a crowded backfield, but still, uh, he's uh, he's he's going into the portal, and and that's not someone leaving for playing time. You imagine? No, that's no, he a, he would have gotten the ball as much as you know about as much as he wanted there at uh, uh, at uh, at Ole Miss, but I, instead he's headed. To Ohio State, I was going to say. Are you with me on, I think it's time, it's beyond time for college football slash the NFL to rethink the rule about three years for every player? Because I think we're seeing more and more second-year guys that are probably ready to make the jump to the NFL right now. And I would lump Quinshawn Judkins into that list. Bill, I don't think Quinshawn Judkins needs another year of college football before he's ready to play running back in the NFL, he seems to no, be ready. No, I think you're right. And, and again, he's I'm, a man. I'm not saying there's a ton of true sophomores out there that that are that are finishing their second year of college football. There are a couple. There are a couple of guys that are probably ready. You know, that, that were. I mean, uh, Caleb Williams was ready yep. after after two years and had to play a third year because of. Yeah, maybe a maybe rule. they changed that to two. Um, I think two is a good number for now. Like I, maybe, and I don't. Yeah, think maybe I, change that to two. One of the things that I've heard a lot of coaches say is they would like for players to be locked in to two when they first sign out of high school. Oh, yeah, there are coaches that don't want to lose freshmen to the portal uh, well, after, I mean, after one year. I, th- and, and I, think, it, there, I think there need to be some something similar to, uh, to the pros. I mean, you don't, you don't have any, any sport at any other level now, except now for college, but, I mean, any professional level of any sport – doesn't have free agency every year, right? There, there, there are there are assurances. Although that's that's always been sort of the the difference between one of the difference between amateurism and and professionalism. Although yeah, now we have now they're being paid. Sure, but I I still I see that it's probably not the best thing for the sport to well, have to have every roster well, thrown into disarray. If, if you start seeing, I mean, if. If the top college coaches just continue to go, okay, well, I'm going on to the NFL too, or retiring outright, yes. or saying, I mean, know, this and, and I think me. you're, I think you're, you're getting closer to seeing that. Well, we've seen it in basketball, right? Yes, we saw, we, have. we saw the best. I mean, and some of it was age, but a lot of it was, I think, guys saying, I don't like the direction this is going, and and my inability to keep. I have no. You you can't plan. There's no planning for the future. It's now. It's I now. That's it. Because your team could be a completely, a completely turned over every year. What I here's here's what I like. I like because we'd heard stories in the past about okay, well you can say whatever you want on the recruiting trail because once you get the kid to sign, he's yours for an extended period of time because kids didn't want to leave and lose that year of eligibility right. in the past. I like the notion of there's accountability because now if a kid doesn't like what he's been sold and he gets there and realizes it was a bill of goods, he has something that he can do. In exchange, yeah, I, guess. I don't. I, I don't like the idea of four schools in four years. I don't like the uh, kid gets somewhere and goes, "Oh, I could, I could make even more at another place," and just you know, you, I'll, I'll use this place to show what I've got, and then I'm going to move. If this, if this is a griping before about, you, yeah. before you really get any time in, to to me, the the transfer portal immediate eligibility issue while i understand why it's bad for competition people don't like it to me the the biggest like the 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 big the glaring problem at the moment as we head into the college football offseason is like you've welcomed endorsements in you've turned it you know you've you've allowed it the fact that you can't differentiate between player a 
being offered a role in a Dr. Pepper commercial that's going to run nationally and getting paid X amount of money for it, Mm -hmm. and player B being told, well, you can have a quarter million dollars, but you have to choose Texas A&M on signing day. Like, those don't feel like the same thing. They're not. But but, but it seems like... Yeah, but they have to be treated the same now. And that seems to me, and, and <laughs> yeah. there's, and I don't know the answer. I've said in the past, maybe it's making players employees of the conferences and and doling out the money that way from the TV revenue rather than from the NIL aspect. Because you have sort of you have sort of crowdfunded the paying of players, haven't you? Yeah, they haven't. It's not coming from it's not coming from the revenue sources that the schools and the conferences are drawing revenue from. It's coming from passing the hat around which mm-hmm. which doesn't seem like the way to pay your workforce if we're going to talk about these guys as professional athletes it's not the way the NFL does it they don't well, it's, they it's, don't it's, pass it's the, hat the way around. the NFL used to you know, back in like in the 1930s, the Packers. That remember became that well, they, guys, they were guys, owned by they were owned by the by the, the citizens. And then what? They worked as plumbers in the off season. And yeah, they, and they they had yeah. roofers and stuff. No, it's just I mean, it does seem like if we're gonna, I, I don't know that that that's the thing, and I don't know that I don't know where the answer comes from. Maybe it's splitting. Maybe it's splitting off and and I don't know. And I mean, appointing a czar. It, it's gonna it it it's, but, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. I mean, there's no telling. What we're gonna what what is going to have happen? All right, um, we'd love to hear from you. A couple of bits of transfer portal news, and it continues not to be great for Auburn. Two of their defensive line targets have opted to go elsewhere. Isaiah Rakes, the uh, the interior defensive lineman from Texas A and M, committing to Southern Cal today, and then Tamawa Durajaye, the West Virginia defensive end, headed to Florida State. So Auburn. Still, I mean, they need some help on the defensive front. I don't know that there's going to be any other opportunities, uh, perhaps until after spring, to what, add some experience. What does the defensive line slash front seven look like on the Bill Cameron depth Depending chart right on whether Justin Rogers returns, well, I think I, that's a big. That is a big if right now. He's accepted an invita- He accepted an invitation to the Shrine Game. If he plays in that, he's gone. Um, so. Right, right now, I mean, I've got uh, thirteen or fourteen scholarship defensive linemen. To be in- clear, including to be clear before you before you list this off, Bill. If Justin Rogers doesn't play in the Shrine Game, he's probably a graduate who will have an option to go wherever he wants if he wants to come back to college football. So you're not you're no, not, there's no not, guarantee that he'd be yeah, back. You're but, not out of the woods with Justin Rogers if he decides to opt out of the Shrine game. He, he would probably be, but he's on the Bill Cameron depth chart. He is on the depth in, chart in the because he has not officially announced that he's leaving. He and Jason Jones and Trill Carter, the, uh, the, the Texas transfer. So Auburn's got three senior interior defensive linemen and then behind them, I mean, it's it's going to be a true freshman. At defensive tackle, there's Bobby Jamison, Travis, and maybe Gage Keys, unless... Did, did um, Travis and Reed play in the bowl game after the talk we had? Travis did. Travis did play some uh, in the bowl Dar- game. Darren okay. Reed played, I believe, a little. I thought I saw him out there, 45. I thought I saw him out there. It was hard to really pay a whole lot of attention in the second half. That game didn't keep my attention an awful lot in the second half. Uh, the way things were going. But, I mean, there's there's Keldrick Falk, Jason Jones, if Justin Rogers is back. And that that's it as far as experience. Zykevious Walker. Those yeah. are your – that's who, all who your experience. That, who was, who got a he, yeah, he played well. But that's all the experience you have that after that, it's going to be newcomers and mostly freshmen there on the defensive line. So, uh, 
that wasn't great news. Hey, let's get to the phone before we get to our first break, because Rain Man has been hanging on for a few minutes. Hey, Rain Man. Hello, Rain Man. Hello, gentlemen. I couldn't have been more wrong on my thoughts last night. I thought Washington's offense would be able to throw up a few more points and end up winning a close game late in the you know, upper 20s to low 30s. I was way off base. Yeah, Michigan dominated that ball game. I mean, they dominated oh, the lines crazy. of scrimmage. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe I was talking with someone who said, you know, the uh, the award for the top offensive line group, Michigan had won it for the couple of years before, and this year Washington won it. I think maybe it should go back to Michigan. Uh, no, they, they should probably just go ahead and hand it over to them. Yeah. Uh, At least they, recount. They put it next to your national championship trophy in your case there. That's what they should do. No, it was, it was a – it was not a terribly compelling no. football game. There after. were a couple of chances where you bored. thought it might be, but uh, but but then Washington couldn't capitalize. They had opportunities a couple of times. Yeah, I was talking with someone before the game, and I don't know if I shared this analysis on the air, but but because I, I did take Michigan, didn't get into it a little bit more. But my feel it was it it's sort of how I felt about Auburn when they played a really good team this year, where you felt like they needed to throw a first half no hitter. Because the lack of depth compared to the opponent was going to catch up to them. And the longer the game goes on, you felt like the fourth quarter was going to trend towards the opponent because of their roster. And that's sort of how I felt things were going to go for Washington, where it's like they needed to be up 17 3. Yeah, going they, in, going, they going into the early. Yeah. Yep. And, without, and without that, when Michigan went down the field with uh, relative ease on that first drive and, and they were harassing Penix early. It was just – it was exactly how Washington needed to it, – it, it was the exact wrong start for, for Washington if they were going to win this thing. No, I'll agree with that. But I, I've got a thought. Usually when I have one, it's best if I just let it go. But I'm going to share this one. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think I have a solution to one of our problems that we can use one of our other problems for. All right. Let's hear it. We fixed the transfer portal with the NIL money. The reason you don't have – Every year turnover in pro sports is because they sign multi-year contracts. Right. So maybe your NIL money is tied to you being in a place for two years, and if you leave, you can take the money you made the first year and buy out your NIL contract. The way coaches have to be bought out of their contracts. Well, I, I've heard quite a few coaches, as a matter of fact, Rain Man, uh, calling for the ability to sign multi-year deals with players. Uh, I don't see why you couldn't. I only mean for the scholarship part. I mean, at this point, they make so much money. Why do they need scholarships? They could pay their own tuition, most of them, uh, from what I understand. I'm just saying, you sign a two-year NIL contract, you're unhappy after your freshman year. You want to leave, you got to go buy out your NIL contract for $25,000. Well, I guarantee you there would be buyouts if there are multi-years. Yes, I think you're oh, right. Oh, yeah. No, it's just, I think it would slow it down a little bit. Uh, I've always said, Somebody should start a semi, not a semi, a professional football league that takes kids straight out of high school and out of college and only allows them so many years between high school and the NFL to compete against college football and become the minor league for the NFL. Uh, and now we're almost just kind of doing that with college football and the money. So let them sign contracts and let them play for contracts and they can buy it out if they don't like it, uh, just like professional athletes do. Well, that's that, that's an interesting thought. I I wouldn't mind seeing it. 
I just wonder, yeah, well, you know, the, the thing I would... we, we got to find a solution for some of that. I agree. Really, how about this? It's killing the sport. Do, do you really want a kid on your team who's only sticking around because he didn't want to buy out his NIL contract for a second year? Well, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a downside to this, too. Like, but it might make him well, rethink signing it in the first place. Maybe, but, but I mean... I just, I maybe mean, he can get a better deal somewhere else if he plays well, though. It's sort of like the pros. When you're on the last year of your contract, you may hate the place, but if you want to get another contract... You, you, you should yeah, play you, well. you show up and perform to earn the next big contract. Huh? You, you, you do. So we got to find something to do because you know, it's running the sport, maybe all of them at some point, but definitely football. And uh, I don't know. We haven't had a really good national championship game of football. First-round games have been exciting the last few years. But the last good one was Alabama-Georgia. And uh, I'm trying to think maybe Alabama-Clemson, Georgia-Clemson, some of those before that. I just, we, we don't get good national championship games much, even with this new system. Anything you're trying to do to slow down the amount of player turnover right now feels like the horse is out of the barn, right? Like because it's because it's, it's. I mean, any any attempt to, and maybe it's a look. Maybe NIL, well, especially maybe, now that the NCAA now, has said okay with now maybe multiple the, transfers. Maybe the NIL money. Yeah. Maybe the NIL money is going to dry up because you do wonder. I how wonder long, about that. How too. long do you keep giving this? Like how how long will the people giving money to NIL collectives continue to want to give money? Not just those. How long? You know when it when is the situation going to come up where the the person who's given a hundred thousand, you know, six figures, and the, his team's not winning. He's going, you know, what am I giving all this for? I'm spending yeah. money. I should be getting the best players, you know. And even if your team is winning, is, isn't it tough to give, I mean, on top of everything else that you're doing to support a team? Isn't that like a, you know, it's a, it's a. Well, it is for me. Exactly. I mean, I, I, mean, I just think I, there's, I mean, no. So I, th- I think that's something that. Like if anything's going to slow down the amount of turnover, especially at the veteran, like although I still think you're going to have players who want to leave the group of five to get more playing time at the sure, power five sure level for, uh, for, for you, know, you know for the NFL and and vice versa. But uh, no, I, I don't know what's I don't know what's changing legislatively to to slow down how much no. well, roster, roster turnover we have. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that that this money is for the uh, people giving it has got to be considered a business expense for advertising. Uh, so they're getting to write that off, you know. It comes out of your your business expenses. So I don't know if they, you know, if it's money they can save. I just, I'm not sure how we fix it, but it's definitely broken. Yep, absolutely. Good stuff, Ray. Man, we need to get to our first break. Running a little behind here. Don't forget, Jake Crane joining us around the bottom of the hour here on the Tuesday Drive. Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 26 minutes after 5 o'clock. Right back to the phones we go. And Mitch is next. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, guys. Uh... Uh, I guess comment on the notorious TUD. Uh, kind of ironic. Uh, my uh, younger brother went to high school with him, and him and his younger brother Brian, which my grandfather uh, nicknamed Tootlem, uh, grew up uh, one street over. We lived on Camellia, and they lived, I believe, on Brookside, which runs into Wrights Mill Road. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I've known Tud uh, for a very, very long time, <laughs> and and I believe Uncle T Bone 
is the younger brother of a girl I went to high school with. Uh, last name Bennett, maybe? Yes, is that, that is indeed. Oh, that is, you, you are correct. Okay, do you not? Can you not give personal details of any of the other callers that do the show here, Mitch? It's a live radio what? show. Uh, <coughs> well, he hadn't given anything that's, yeah. that's that's you know embarrassing does, or anything. Hey, where yet, does, where but, does I mean, Specter live while, while you're while you're revealing these things? Mitch? Well, he didn't say they still live there. Yeah, but now people will be going by going. Is this I where he yeah, lived? I was yeah. a little nervous about the cross street of a yeah. guy's house being unmasked no, no, on the show. No, none of us none of us live there anymore. But uh, speaking of where someone lives. Uh, you guys were talking about whether I didn't catch most of the first half hour because y'all were cutting in and out and I was driving. But, uh, yeah, we had like three tornado warnings down here before about eight o'clock and they closed all the schools. And I mean, it was it was it's pretty scary down here this morning. Uh, did y'all have any tornadoes? No, nah, not. I don't believe so. I mean, there were some pretty strong winds, but uh, if there were, I slept through them or didn't hear about them. So, no, nah, I, th- I think we came through pretty well just to. A serious drenching with some strong winds. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. That's good. And the last thing, uh, and I heard this on the. I guess I was feeding the dogs, and I heard uh, Coach James Hale, Coach James Hale's show, which is on the ESPN affiliate down here, which which Andy was on also. I forgot that Andy talks to him also, but uh, one of the guys mentioned, uh, "What did you guys think about the officiating last night in the game?" He he thought it was very one sided. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was, uh, honestly, we were, we were babysitting the granddaughter for a little while. So I was watching on and off every time I looked up, uh, Michigan was just manhandling them. I saw a couple of, yeah, that there were, there were a couple of calls that, uh, that there were more than a little questionable, but I don't think that was the difference in the game. I mean, they, 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 they blamed, they blamed it. I guess, uh, the ACC was the ones they officiated. Right. But it was ACC officials. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Notorious TUD needs to call back. I like his call. Yeah, Sorry well, he's we'll he's, he's a little busy, but but yeah, we'd we'd welcome that as we welcome Tex up next. Hey, Tex. Well, uh, it's been difficult all my life with a real name Tex from Georgia. That's right. To to have people always ask me, I, I, I what's your real name? Against Uncle T. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to be Uncle T Bone because then. I'd have to answer all those questions again. <laughs> so uh, anyway, just real quick, I know I, I want to listen to Jake while I'm while I'm driving here, and so a couple things. I advertise in several different places uh, in the market that my business is in, uh-huh. and I enter into a contract with them that includes several different things, including that if I decide I don't want to do it anymore before the contract ends. I have to pay them back. I have to pay them the full contract, meaning I have to give the money to them for the services they were supposed to have. So does NIL actually have contracts? I get the sense that I get the sense that a lot of the contracts have ways out for both parties, like, you know, like without 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 a ton of protection. Teach them the real life. Teach them how to pay their taxes, how to balance the checkbook and teach them how to honor a contract. And I would say, and I heard the word legislate. I don't know who's going to legislate. The NCA has no teeth anymore. They've all been pulled. I don't know who's going to do this. But I think NIL ought to be a contract, one or two years. And if I'm going to give you a million dollars to come to Auburn, I'm going to make you stay there for two years or you owe me the money back. 
Oh, I, I yeah, I I agree but with I that. Do, if you're I doing do think, some more, I do think some of these NIL collectives maybe want to protect themselves in the event. Like, suppose you promise X amount of money per year to a kid for three years. What happens if he gets to campus and he can't and he play? Stinks. Yeah, he can't play after one year, and you're giving—I mean, you're giving five hundred thousand dollars to a kid. Well, I think that's—that's. Uh, like that's, I think that, I think that should—that's another lesson so, learned. So I'm not sure it's just the players who want these things to be reevaluated year to year. Yeah, well, again, in the real world, if you buy something that's a lemon and you said you were going to pay for it over sixty months or whatever, you're still paying. You can't—I don't yeah. know many places you can go and go. Hey, this thing sucks. It's not what I expected. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this, Bill. In my business, I'm under a performance contract with everybody that does it with does business with me. If I don't perform, they kick me out. So I, I understand the that that teaches a big lesson. Oh yeah, lesson to these young men and women that you need to perform and do what you're getting paid to do. It's not a free ride, you know. It's, it, it is just not a free ride. I and I, you know, I I'd like to hear if there really are true contracts that's a good question I, I really don't know i don't i don't know if they sign something or that uh or if it's just an you know oral agreement or or whatever i don't know maybe jake will know we've got to get to that though tex all right guys all right thanks talk to you later. good hearing from you tex we need to get to our bottom of the hour break and yes jake crane of crane and company joins us on the other side here on the tuesday drive With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Tuesday evening. Bill and Dan here in the studio Drew at the controls, and we'll get to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar and call in our good friend from Crane and Company, Jake Crane. Jake, how you doing, man? Man, doing great. Hope everybody had a uh, great New Year's and a, and a safe New Year's out there. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we'll we'll forget about the uh, the, the the bowl game that Auburn played in. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, we we had a caller just a few minutes ago lamenting the fact that you know we're we're not. We're not getting great championship games anymore. We get some pretty good semifinals. Last night, um, I, there were a lot of people, maybe just because, you know, Michigan's not everybody's favorite team, a lot of people that were disappointed in the uh, in the outcome. It was not the most uh, thrilling ball game because Michigan dominated from the, uh, from the get-go. Well, yeah, I, I will say I, I thought the middle was interesting. The second, third quarter, I thought Washington's front seven on defense put up a better fight after the way it started right. uh, than I thought they would. But I, that's what experience does. I mean, these are two older teams. I mean, that, look, you're, you're, every game's not going to be, you know, 45 to 42. And you guys know this. With some crazy play at the end, you hope you get that. And, and I know last year it was just a bludgeoning. But, but this game was competitive, really, until that last interception uh, and, and, you know, it was just surprising to me that the Washington strength, their offense, as good as Michigan's defense is, uh, the offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award struggled. They didn't communicate well, had a lot of pre-snap penalties, you know, bad timed penalties with the holdings, obviously. And then, you know, uh, Michigan's run game uh, wasn't able to consistently get it going. They hit, uh, you know, a couple of those big plays with Donovan Edwards. But I don't think it was the worst game. 
Um, but look, I mean, both those teams were undefeated. Michigan beat Alabama. Washington did what they had to do late against Texas. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. And a rematch next season when both teams yeah. are in the Big Ten. Big Ten mm-hmm. uh, that, that one, I believe, will be in Seattle uh, when those two teams uh, square off. I think it's going to be a home game for the, uh, for the Huskies. But, yeah, so – uh, what do you think of the buzz about Jim Harbaugh possibly being targeted by multiple NFL teams and last night being uh, something of a uh, uh, so, something of the end of an era potentially yeah. at, uh, for, for Michigan football? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've continuously said I think if Michigan wins it, there's a lot better chance that Harbaugh goes. Uh, you, you know, not that it would be a bad idea to stick around, but but obviously you reach the mountaintop and. I just still, man, having a brother, and if and if you have siblings out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. You lost to John in the Super Bowl, so I mean, every Thanksgiving when you go to your parents' house and eat, you got to sit across the table from a man, and you can win all the national championships in the world, and that's great. But uh, I think Jim wants that Super Bowl, if anything other than than just good old fashioned sibling rivalry. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it increases his chances now to go to the NFL. I'm interested to see what J.J. McCarthy does, too. I I think he should return. Yeah, Pete Carroll, the only uh, current coach, maybe the only coach ever, with both a college national championship and a Super Bowl championship as a head coach. Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson did it, too, right? Yeah, did Jimmy Johnson also do it? Okay, so so I was – he he would be the other one uh, on on that list. But uh, so, So Jim Harbaugh would be looking to join esteemed company if he returned to the NFL. And and it also goes along with, I mean, what we've talked about, what Nick Saban said. I mean, being a college coach is getting tougher and tougher. There are no, there, there are no, there, there is no vacation time. There is no downtime. And now you've got the more, more piled on at one time at the end of every year with the uh, early signing period, the transfer portal. And then if your team is uh, fortunate enough to be involved in postseason. Yeah, well, the calendar's crazy. I mean, I, I think one of the things that's added the most time is having to re-recruit your own guys. Yeah. I, I mean, at this rate. I, I mean, that's, that, that's a part of recruiting in itself, and, and a lot of guys are, and a lot of teams are struggling with that. Uh, and it's tough in, in the sport of football. So, yeah, I mean, the game's changing. It's becoming harder. Uh, I think that's why they're letting you have more personnel now than ever, uh, you know, within some of these programs. But it's, it's becoming a different game. We saw this in college basketball, though, too. Like, I mean, this, this is something where, as the game has changed, you've seen kind of a changing of the guard in, in some aspects. Now, uh, you know, the next one's saving. When, uh, when are you going to be ready, man? And, and we'll pivot to some, uh, some Auburn basketball shortly. There's some Auburn Yeah, football we can talk news. a little Auburn football yeah, right now. Auburn doesn't have a coordinator on, on either side of the ball. And uh, it's the, the, the coaching convention is going on right now. There's no question, Jake. This is the time of year when tons of interviews and, you know, um, resumes and, um, I mean, it, 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 it is a time of change. There are going to be a lot of changes on a lot of teams, but let's, let's talk about Auburn's situation at uh, both coordinator spots. Yeah, look, and obviously it, it was made known that Hugh Freeze is going to call the plays. So I, I think if it comes, yeah, you want a guy that can get in there and help you game plan and do all that, but you know, if you're going to bring in an offensive coordinator that's not going to be the primary play caller, you want to bring in a guy that can really recruit, yep. uh, you know, a guy that, that, that is very strong in that aspect. Uh, so you're, you're actually gaining an advantage because of your ability to call plays, and we know that Hugh Freeze can do that. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys sitting in hotel rooms right now talking ball, seeing how well they mesh and, and you know, how, 
how well they kind of communicate together. And as far as Auburn defensively, uh, you know, Charles Kelly, you know, joining, you know, being here, you know, I think that's, that was a huge coincidence with what's going on. But I, I'm, I'm happy to see that Hugh Freeze isn't happy uh, with the way that it went down. Not that, not that he fired, you know, Ron Roberts or whatever, but, but there was a change there. And then obviously Phil Montgomery, you can't come in and not be a great recruiter and, and not be, you know, effective. Uh, as a play caller and, and a game planner. So, uh, and, and look, it, it's not just on the coaches. I mean, ultimately, they're responsible for the players that are on the field. I get that. Uh, but some of the players got to step up and start making some plays as well. What do you think Auburn's going to do with the opening on the offensive staff that Philip Montgomery uh, represents by, uh, you know, w- w- with his departure? There's talk of Ken Austin, who's a, you know, Derek Nix is the guy that would fit. Yeah, what, what, uh, Nix, that then, would be my guess. Yeah. There's, there's Derek been some Nix buzz, would yeah. be my guess. I mean, I would love to get Del McGee. Come on home, Del. Yeah. Yeah, but Derek Nix has worked with Hugh Freeze. He's been at, of course, he's been at Ole Miss for 16 years now. And uh, I think there was interest a year ago. So it's not going to be easy to get him away from a place where he's been for, uh, for you know, 16 years. No, without a doubt. And, and again, you have that connection there. That's going to be Auburn's best chance. Uh, shoot, I remember Derek Nix at Southern Miss. He had yeah. a player. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, that's, that would be my guess. Uh, but typically it's never the first guy that you hear. Um, but but that would be a great fit. I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's a spot that you have to fit with a guy that can recruit. Uh, and not that, not that Auburn struggled recruiting this year. Obviously they did a heck of a job. But uh, you want to add another arrow in the quiver as you try and make a run here. Yeah, I remember Derek Nix when he was a uh, really good running back at at Etowah, and there was this youngster coming along behind him named Carnell, and uh, and and schools in this state recruited Derek Nix, thinking he was a linebacker like his brother, and he went to Southern Miss because he wanted to prove he was a running back. Yeah, look, I I remember him balling. I, I want to say against Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we mentioned uh, Auburn basketball. I mean, what an impressive performance. Tell you Wait, what, one, one, one more thing. One more thing on football before we move on. Reports Keontae Scott could explore the transfer portal market. I, you know, I think we're probably waiting on now. Now reports are that he did enter the transfer portal and withdrew. Yeah, what what did you make of the of the Keontae Scott saga from from the Man, last I'm couple so of days? I'm sick Jake? of this stuff already. Either get in or get <laughs> out. Know. Like get in or get out. Like stop, stop, dude. We ain't got time for this. Like we're trying to beat Bam in Georgia. Nobody's got time for this. You either in or you're out. You just make a decision. Yeah, the late, the latest that he, that he, you know, I guess it was, it was that was something. While we were talking with Brian yesterday on the drive, uh, it seemed like he was distracted by something happening on social media, and I and think that, that was the, that was the yeah, impromptu uh-huh. press conference where Keontae confirmed that he's going to come back and be, uh, you know, a starting cornerback at Auburn this uh, th- this past season. But uh, but that's Look, a, you know you're, that, either, you're either you're either a tiger, you're Tiger Bay, man. That's a big <laughs> hey, that's, that's a big. Regardless of how you get there, it's a big retention for Auburn to have Keontae Scott as a corner. We talked about what the defense could look like without him. You'd be asking, uh, unless you pulled somebody else from the portal, you'd be asking young guys to play a, a lot of snaps in the secondary right. if uh, if Keontae wasn't coming back. Yeah, uh, again, you want all the, the good experienced guys that, that are good culture fits that, that can move the program forward coming back because, again, experience is unteachable and tangible. I mean, just won Michigan a national championship. Yep. Hey, let's uh, quickly get some thoughts on, on uh, basketball. Auburn specifically, I mean, they go in and absolutely just uh, lay waste <laughs> 
to the Hogs. The worst loss at Bud Walton Arena ever for Arkansas. I mean, that was uh, that's a good way to get the SEC conference, uh, get the SEC schedule underway. Bill, you've you've been following uh, you know SEC basketball a lot lot longer than I have, but I've been following it my whole life, and and I've watched Auburn go down to Arkansas and play a lot of basketball games. Uh, I've never seen anything like what took place in Bud Walton Arena. You know, I've watched Arkansas, you know, shoot 30, 33% as a team and look sloppy on offense, but go make the Elite Eight because they're unbelievably physical and athletic and they play together. That, that, typically, that's how must wins. But this Arkansas team is not only sloppy offensively, they're not physical at all. I mean, Auburn just – and I, you got to give credit to Auburn. I, I mean, it's just – it's surprised to see an Eric Musselman team get pushed around like that. But, man, Auburn is so deep. Like, yeah. it's incredible. I mean, it, and it, they're effective. Anybody can get hot. That's the thing. And and I just wonder, you know, I know Bruce Pearl said he's going to keep this rotation going, and I get it. It's working. Uh, but, but you know, having the ability to go with the hot hand at some point, you keep the guys that are hot in there longer in the games that matter the most. And now they've got a Texas A&M team that Auburn has just Man. been – they've been miserable against Texas A&M. Weird. weird. Coming in. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's like it's always a rock fight. Like, it's yeah. always against Texas A&M. It's always a rock fight. Like, nobody can hit anything. If you not – you just beat Arkansas by 32. Maybe we can run the checkup on A&M one time at home in basketball. Boy, that would be nice. I, I was stunned – not, not just the final score, Jake, but the way Auburn-Arkansas – played out the way Auburn was it we talked to Andy Burcham about I mean and he cited the bench points Auburn you know that that's that's one of the clear strengths but the way this front court has kicked it into gear the last month they out rebounded Arkansas decisively outscored Arkansas in the paint by 30 points um it was uh, uh it was well, it was a really complete performance and it wasn't well, just the front court doing that but you know they're they're a huge part of it well to me and and you know, Bruce Pearl, he's one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. What he's done at Auburn is incredible. But it seems to me that this team doesn't make the same goofy mistakes that some of these other teams have made. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we're actually running offense a lot. Like, we're, we're getting into – that. the guards are doing a really good job of getting into the stuff, not just out-of-bounds stuff. We, the ball doesn't get stuck a lot with this team. Uh, and, and it makes – it flows better. And you got two guys – I mean, Dylan Cardwell finally – you know, he's getting the ball and going straight to the rack. He knows how to, how to use his body, uh, and I think he's, he's really improved a lot. Then the experience with Jalen Williams, and we know Aiden Holloway, but I tell you, I just, this team, they play team basketball, and, and you win as a team. Katie Johnson is the guy, I think, that, that shows the most of, you know, he, he's been, he's always been that Tasmanian devil, the whirling dervish, the kind of guy that you go, oh, oh, yes. I mean, you, you never know, but I mean, he has, you know, he has fit so well into this team concept of everybody sharing minutes better than I think anyone would have imagined. Well, that, I heard Jimmy Dyke say one of the funniest things I've heard during the broadcast. He said that KD Johnson's one of those players where when he goes in, both head coaches go, oh, no, because they just don't know what to expect. <laughs> but it's been that. so much less of that this year. Oh, there's been so much less of that. And, it's, and again, I, I think it's, just, it's contagious when you're playing as a team and everybody's doing well and everybody's bought in. But, uh, again, the offense is great. Auburn's is still a defensive team. Yes, they are. I mean, watching Auburn's ability to switch – uh, at pretty much every position is such a problem. And, I mean, let's be honest, Aiden Holloway is not very big, but most of the time, I mean, we're huge. 
Yeah, it 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 has been fun, and uh, it, it it appears that it's going to continue to be. This is a this is a tough tough league, though. What are you thinking about tonight, Jake? Man, uh, you know, you just go out there and and just continue to do what you do. A and M will probably come in and close their eyes and hit the first three three pointers they hit. Shoot, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, just because that seems like it always happens, and then they can't hit anything for eight minutes and then get hot again. But it, it starts with defense. Shooting comes and goes. Offense comes and goes. Uh, if Auburn, you know, continues to play the physical defense they have and they kind of use A&M strength against them, uh, at the end of the day, I think the home court advantage that Auburn has is top five in the country. I don't care what Jay Billis says. And, man, getting off to a 2-0 and start, getting a road win mm-hmm. uh, against Arkansas that first week and being able to come get another one at home with the schedule you have in front of you in the SEC would, would be absolutely massive. And I tell you what, guys, I, I'm really excited to watch this Auburn team down the stretch. No question about it. Jake, always great stuff. Let everybody know. I mean, you guys have got so much going on, and to, to, there is yeah. so much to talk about right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with college football ending last night, it, it, you know, trick question really never ends. Uh, we're keeping up with everything, you know, in the portal still, in recruiting still, talking coaching changes, uh, talking the NFL playoffs, which, you know, if, if there's any indication, who knows what's going to happen this weekend as the wild card stuff starts. Then, obviously, college hoops and everything else. We have live calls, live chat. Uh, we go at 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central every weekday morning. Go to YouTube, type in Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N, uh, and Company, and come hang out with us. Jake, what's the NFL game? Quickly, because we're up against a break. NFL game you feel the strongest about of the playoff games, uh, the, the result you feel most confident in? Oh, God, the one, the one I feel most confident in, I would say uh, give me the Bills over the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel – Yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew doesn't Packers, like that. But, right? Even though, God, yeah. I don't want to trust Dak in the playoffs. I don't want to do it. The Bucks aren't going to win, are they? They can't. Well, they, it's the Eagle. Are I know. You kidding me? Like the I Eagles? know. Ugh. They're Uncle Rico right now. Yeah, and the Bucks <laughs> are playing maybe the best defense of any NFC team. You know? The Bucks are grimy and gritty, Dan. They're just Baker Mayfield's out here out, for, out uh, playing Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Give, me, give me Tampa Bay at home big. Mm. So by nine. Mm. Uh, great stuff, Jake. Thanks, man. Have a great <laughs> week. All right. Y'all be good. See y'all. Got to get to our final break. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Experience. 